0: determined that the, the, the sacraments or what it teaches us is that the sacraments are a means whereby God seeks to communicate. Right? They're a means whereby God seeks to communicate with believers. The table is a means of communication, is intended for us to get a message, right? So um, if we don't hear today by seeing, we this is a message that we get first by seeing because of the signs. We'll also hear from the preaching of the word, so we, we get the message that way as well. But the sacraments are intended to be a means of communication. So we always want to be asking, Lord, what do you want me to hear from this? Right? What do you want me to hear? A means of communication. And that communication is always, always going to be about Christ and the benefits that flow to believers by the work that Christ has done on our behalf, right? Always you're looking for that in the sacraments because the sacraments are intended to point to Christ and to teach us the benefits, right? Just, we, we will be coming to the Lord's table and we have the, the, in the bread and the cup, the body, the blood represented of Christ, but the message, primary message of the Lord's table is what? Our Our salvation. Our salvation, sure. It's our salvation. Now you can start from there, okay, what are the benefits? No condemnation, justify, adoption, and you can just keep going. With the benefits that flow. But there's a message. And we learned then from chapter 7 of the confession in our, our consideration last week two covenants covenant of works, right? The covenant between God and Adam, covenant of work. You do what I tell you, you will have life. For you and all your posterity. Adam failed. Adam failed. Broke the covenant. Right? Now, man is still and will be judged according to that covenant of works. Outside of Christ. That is still the measure of judgment. uh, The measure, the standard by which God will judge each and every person that is born into Adam's race. For those in Christ, we come under the covenant of grace, right? The covenant of grace. The covenant of grace being mediated for us by Christ Being mediated. And again, we've gone through this, but it's, I think, worth repeating. You have God, perfect, righteous, holy. You have man who's now a sinner. In in Adam, we sin. Adam sinned. Right? And in Adam's sin, there immediately came a separation. So how do we Get the two back together. That's what a mediator does. How do I bring the two parties together? And there's usually when you're mediating, you look for compromise. Okay, All right, you give a little bit here. You can give a little bit, and let's see if we can find a way to get together. No way. Because God is infinitely holy, and there's no compromise with God as to sin. So Christ, as the mediator, says, all right, I'll take on flesh. I'll become a second Adam to represent my people. fulfill the law perfectly and then to pay the penalty for the sins of all those people and of course in the table we see the pavement. in the body we also consider the satisfaction of the law so Christ is the mediator as it were the way I look at it, Christ as the mediator became one of the people he was mediating for. Satisfied God's requirements and then as the mediator brought them together. It's a beautiful picture when you consider what Christ has done for us. So, as we come, and the sacraments intended. If you, and, and I'll, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, so let me just back up for a minute. So, and then the other thing, the Old Testament we considered was a reference to the Old Covenant. That is, excuse me, it was reference to that time, that dispensation of the covenant of grace looking forward to the coming of Christ. The New Covenant, the New Testament, is that dispensation where uh, it's part of the covenant of grace still. Both are parts of the covenant of grace. The New Testament now is looking back to Christ's coming, right? Sinai, and, and the preacher mentioned this so much. Sinai was not a rework of the covenant of works or a second. You know, there, there was no mulligan here. The, the Lord didn't say, all right, let's try this again. And I'm going to give you this law. And if you can keep it, then you'll Get into heaven. Not it at all. God, remember, said at the preface of the Ten Commandments, I am the God that saved you, brought you out of bondage. right? So now as a people that have been redeemed, here's how you ought to live. Here's standard. Here's what I want you to do. All right. So, and and I think some people look at the Ten Commandments as being, like I say, another type of covenant of works, and so that's why there is maybe such a rebellion, or a repulsion, or a rejection of the Ten Commandments under the guise of "we're under grace, not under law." Well, the Ten Commandments were part of grace. They weren't part of law. They are part of the moral law, but they were given under the covenant of grace by God to help His people know how to live. The Ten Commandments, I've said, are our friends to help us. God says, be holy is I am holy. So how do we know what holiness looks like? Ten Commandments. So if you want to please God, you ought to know what the Ten Commandments say and what they require. Right? And by the way. But uh, the, the covenant, my point being that in the old covenant and the new, where we were looking at this, where there were two sacraments in the under the old covenant. Being what? One of them was circumcision. And the second one was the Passover. Right? Circumcision and the Passover. New Testament, our two sacraments are Communion, the Lord's table, and Baptism. Okay? So In looking at chapter 7 and chapter 7 mentions in it of of the confession, well, here's the way the covenants were revealed and uh, how men knew what they were to do. And in both we find the sacraments being included because we saw that the sacraments fit right in there with the word of God and with prayer as being means whereby God communicates those particular means of grace that God uses to benefit us and help us along the way. Right? Then in 27.1, Westminster Confession of Faith, paragraph 27.1, it's on page 682 in the book, we looked at what sacraments are right we, we were looking at kind of a foundational part of them on the others in 27.1 we see that they're holy signs and seals of the covenant of grace and we that's why we looked at chapter 7 because the sacraments teach us something of the covenant of grace And what is going on with the covenant of grace. Right? So the sign. A sign being something that tangibly speaks to us of Christ. And or the benefits that we have in Christ. That we obtain through Christ. The seal is is the mark. You know we're... Familiar with the old, old wax, and you put your ring in it, and we see it in scripture. Something was decreed by a king, and his seal was put on it. Uh, nowadays, we sometimes use uh, an impression for the seal um, on documents, right? And in any event, the seal was intended to affirm that what was said was intended to be said, was known by the person whose seal was on there, and that every word in there would be fulfilled, right? That was obviously assuming power, ability to do it. But once the seal was on there, uh, you you didn't diminish, you didn't take anything away from it, and no one could challenge it. If the king put his seal on and you walked around and the, you had this, then remember even when they were going back to rebuild Jerusalem, getting the king's, getting something from the king so I could go get the lumber and I could get the materials that I needed. Boom, he had here it is. King said, you're to give me this. They see that? You got it because if you disobeyed then you have to answer to the king as to why. All right, now, sacraments serve as a seal. So then we want to see in the sacrament whatever that seal is because that seal is intended to help us again to first and foremost affirm to us that that which has been promised, in this case the covenant of grace, is going to be fulfilled to the fullest. What has been begun in us will be accomplished. All right? And is being accomplished for you and for me as we sojourn here on earth What's going to happen in glory doesn't always get us through the day. It's a great hope. But there are times we need something right now. And God has also, because of what Christ has done and because of our relationship with him, has said, "Lo, I'm with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, we have that, those promises, those benefits at this table should remind us of that. That, Christ, that God is our Heavenly Father because of our justification that results in our adoption because of what Christ did for us in satisfying the requirements of of the covenant of works and paying the penalty for our failure to do so, for our breach of that. And we want to be taught. We want to learn. We want to be blessed. We want to be helped. And we're going to see in just a little bit what some of those things are. Sacraments are holy signs and seals of the covenant of grace immediately instituted by God and immediately instituted by Christ as to the New Testament sacraments. To represent Christ and his benefits, which is what we've been talking about, and to confirm our interest in him. All right? That is our relationship, our union with him. To confirm it. It's interesting, isn't it? That we, we have the Lord's table and we are to do it in remembrance. Every time we come to the table, it's a means to confirm to us we're joined to Christ. Now, I'll leave it to you to consider why is it that God, Christ himself, in instituting this, Why is it we need to be reminded that we're in union with Christ frequently? Well, it's a good practice to remind ourselves of that daily, but certainly as the body, we as a group collectively too, in doing this are reminded because you're in a miserable way if you aren't depending on Christ and aren't rejoicing in all that you have in Christ, right? That's what life's all about. What is the chief end of man? And how are you going to enjoy him apart from what Christ has done and and a And having that applied to you. Right? So every time we come to the table, it's a reminder. You're in Christ. You're joined to Christ. Christ has paid it all. You stand before God, a justified person. No fault. You know, it's kind of like Pilate with the Lord, isn't it? declares, I find no fault in him. You standing before God in Christ, the same thing is said, except by one who knows all. I find no fault in him because it's been paid. You're robed In the righteousness of Christ, there are no imperfections in those robes. There's not one little spot of dust on those garments, no little stains here and there. Remember our garments? They're like what? Filthy rags, right? Filthy rags. It's not a matter of little spots. They're just miserably filthy. Christ's righteousness, not one speck. Think about that as you come to the table today. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed me so that I am white as snow. the linen, the, the, the robes of Christ on the mount. Remember, they, they, were, they were bright. And I forget the exact word, but as, as they had been washed with the best soap, the cleaning, they sparkled, if I can put it that way. Again, the, the perfection of Christ shining through. All right, so we have our interest in him as also to put a visible difference between those that belong unto the church and the rest of the world and solemnly to engage them to the service of God in Christ according to his word. And we've looked at some of the the, uh, proof text that we have there on page 684, 685, 684 mainly. The, the, the walk in newness of life down there in Romans 6, 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians. You can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. We know you can't serve two masters. All right? You can't serve two masters. Um, so there's, there's got to be a difference. There's got to be a difference. And the sacraments are intended to remind us of that. Even as we come to the table... We are to examine ourselves because we want to make sure that that difference, we're we're considering it and we're dealing with the times that we've unfortunately failed to serve our master and have served the wrong master in our sin. All right now i want to take a quick look i'm on page 685 in the book and this larger catechism question adds another word another aspect here to the sacrament a sacrament or what is a sacrament is the question and the answer: A sacrament is a holy ordinance instituted by Christ in His Church to signify. There's the sign to seal, and then we've got and exhibit unto those that are within the covenant of grace the benefits of His mediation. Now, exhibit there—that word is a word for apply. It's not so much the exhibit the way we would think to show. It's more applied. If you'll look just for the minute, uh, next page, 686, the shorter catechism, question 92 what is the sacrament? The sacrament is an holy ordinance instituted by Christ, wherein by sensible signs, Christ and the benefits of the new covenant, here we go, are represented, there's the sign, sealed, and applied to believers. The applied there is the same as exhibit, right? It's the same thing. So we have this idea of in addition to our seeing something, they're being confirmed to us something, the sacrament is intended to make application to us of whatever the sign is showing us. right? It's not just that we see it and say, yes, I, I see that. I see it. And we go away. It's that we see it, and because we see it, there is something done for us and to us. Okay? That's the idea of applied. Now, let's finish looking at question 162 just to see what the application is, what, what it is that we're, we're to get out of it. Because, again, I'm spending time on this because the sacraments themselves, you've heard many sermons and, and you may have read things. When, but what the sacraments, how we come, what, why do we have them? We have God's word. We've already said the sacraments don't really teach us anything that God's word doesn't teach us. But we have these sacraments that God's given to us for some specific reason. Why? Okay? That's what we're, we're trying to get some feel for what it is that God's wanting to communicate to us that he's putting an added emphasis here. If I can put it that way. Not only do I want you to hear it, I want you to see it. I want you to, I want to hit every, every bit of your senses that I can here. See and hear. So in 162, to signify, seal, and exhibit unto those that are within the covenant of grace the benefits of his mediation. Here they are, to strengthen and increase their faith and all other graces. So, question, not gonna answer, but the question, how does coming to the Lord's table strengthen and increase your faith? That's one of the questions you need to be, okay, how does this help me in that regard? How does the next one? To oblige them to obedience, okay? Obedience, obedience, what's our one word for obedience? It's the process of sanctification. So it's to help us in our sanctification. What's our sanctification? It's being obedient to God's word. Living more and more unto righteousness, doing what's right before God, obeying his word, and less and less unto sin. So the sacraments ought to help us in our sanctification by bringing us to the point where Christ did this for me. Should I not do what he's asked me to do in relation to him and in relation to my fellow believers, to my employer, to my employees, to my family, to my children, to my mate, to whoever, whatever, okay? obedience next thing to testify and cherish their love and communion one with another and in fact you know that's one of the things in it with the Lord's table you have all against your brother you go take care of it You're, you're special people It's a special relationship. Purchased and made possible by what Christ did on Calvary. And intended by the working of the Spirit to be apparent. It should be seen. It should be felt. The table reminds us of that. Okay? This is how I should be. I mean, we've got God's word. It this is how you ought to get along. This is what love looks like. We've gone through that. To testify and cherish their love and communion one with another and to distinguish them from those that are without. And if we're doing the last thing that we talked about, this getting along with one another, there'll be a distinction. There'll there'll be a distinction. Because the world certainly doesn't do that. Okay? So again, the sacraments, how are they, what are they, those are all, everything we've just read there, are all benefits purchased by Christ. You can't do any one of them in your own strength, not one. So as you come to the table, not only do you consider what Christ has done for you, you consider what Christ has enabled and is enabling you to do in your new life. And we see... And I I would encourage you uh, today, if you have time, maybe if if you read between the the, the Sunday school and the morning worship, whatever, but if not, take a look at Exodus 12. It's the proof text there on page 685. Now, the whole chapter is not put there, um, just a summary. But if you read Exodus 12, it gives you a marvelous picture of everything that now this table, that the Old Testament Passover involved, now that we look back at everything they were doing in the preparation of the lamb and the kind of lamb and so forth and what had to happen, now we see in Christ that perfect lamb of God that we behold as we come to the table. And you, you can see the, the terminology there on page 685 in the proof text. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and I seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. Um, and then this is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and I seed after thee every man child among you shall be circumcised. That's part of the covenant, these sacraments. Then we have in Exodus 12, the Passover. So there are your two Old Testament sacraments. New Testament, we have in Matthew 26 there, the reference to the bread and the cup, the Lord's table. This is my blood of the new covenant, the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And so again, obviously, we see at the table the means of our justification. And you can go on down through the other proof texts there and, and see circumcision, the Lord's table, uh, as the, the passages present it. Uh, we have obedience. Uh, those that are saved, Romans 6, 3, and 4. This is a footnote six on page 686. The last part, if we're saved, we should walk in newness of life. There should be evidence. In how we walk, ephesians four two through five we have that love and unity of the body uh, ephesians two eleven through twelve there there's to be a difference um, in how we live, what we look like, what we agree to or don't agree to um, you know it's just simple things that that we we come to. It's just like a believer and an unbeliever, okay you got two people who think, and humanly speaking, may be uh, much in love. Right? One's a believer and one's not. What do we say? We say, you can't marry. Why? We care about each other. We love each other. Yeah, I mean, but but you don't, you don't see that at the time. I mean, it, well, we, we, we'll change. He'll change, she'll change, or I can be an influence, I can be a good influence, I can help, you know, but, but we, we get along so well. We're such an encouragement to each other. We help each other, and they very well may. We say... God says no, God says no. Now is that easy to tell that couple? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. And there may be other things and reasons that are given that you have to say, and and so this distinction is real. How do we worship? It's a big issue today. How do we worship? What does that worship look like? Who is affected by these ways to worship? Well, do we need to change the way of worship to be appealing to a given group? Those are real issues. Hard issues. Hard issues. And what do you do? You go to God's word and you say, here's what God's word says. And if that's what God says, to the best of our ability as we understand what God says, right? And I'm not all wise. I make Mistakes, I've made plenty of them. Right? But, as best we can know what God's Word says. That's what we need to follow. And then let God take care of the results. It's all we can do. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? The time's about gone. It's interesting that, that we love the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. But when things aren't going well, we, we, by default almost, not intentionally, but it's just the way we are, we need to help him. Because he just has missed out here. <laughs> he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't understand Well, sure he does. Sure he does. But are we willing to trust him? Well, when you come to the table and you see what Christ has done for you, what God through Christ has done for you, the Father giving the Son, do you think you can trust him? Do you think you ought to trust him? Do you think you ought to do Surely, isn't that what this table helps tell us? Hey, this is how much I love you. This is what I've done for you. Do you think I'm going to make your life miserable just for the fun of it? Or because I can't do anything better? Trust me. Wouldn't that one of our things here? To strengthen and increase... Our faith and all other graces. The sacraments, teachers, communications from God to teach us and help us see what God has done for us in Christ and then start thinking about the benefits that we have in Him. Right? Well, I'll stop there. We'll pick up with paragraph 27.2. Now next week family conference, so Sunday school will be the guest preacher, we'll be having Sunday school. So I'll not be doing it next week. But then we'll come back to it the week after that. So think about it. Again, have opportunity today, and you make use hopefully of some of the things we've said will be of some help. And again, We'll talk about specifics a little bit when we get into the chapters that deal with baptism and the Lord's table. All right. Any comments, any thoughts, anything anybody wants to mention, share? Don? Uh, just that, for me, the sacraments are good because I'm forgetful mm-hmm. well, I don't forget what you hmm Well, when the Lord said, do it, in remembrance. Do it in remembrance. Okay. And uh, so the Lord understands. And again. The, the, the giving of this table. We can see is an act of God's love. Yes, in what Christ. In giving of Christ. But an act of God's love as a parent. As our father. You know, remember. Remember when it's tough this week. Remember. Remember today when it was tough last week and you're coming. Remember. Remember what I've done. Remember. Consider all the benefits that you have in Christ. Good. Anything else? all right let's pray father again we rejoice in your love and goodness to us we marvel we marvel we can't understand such love and such mercy and grace but we can thank you and we do and we pray that you would by your spirit help us in our worship this day help us in our use of this day help us in Uh, The time as we worship and then as we come around the table and worship, Lord, make it something that's applied to our lives that we might make good use of the benefits that Christ has purchased at great price. So, Lord, be with us, be with your people. Do us good, we pray. And we'll thank you for it, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.